Hi, this is Neha Bagaria, the founder and CEO of Jobs for Her. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. It is now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. And listeners, hey, thanks for joining the show today. I have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is uh, Niha Bajara, and uh, she's a founder and CEO of Jobs for Her, an online platform to connect women with companies, community and skilling to start, restart, and rise in their careers. Over the last five years, Jobs for Her has worked with over 1.7 million women, 7,000 plus companies, 1,000 plus mentors, and 400 plus reskilling partners across India to enable women to accelerate their careers. Jobs for Her is not Niha's first entrepreneur venture. She founded her first company called Paragon, an educational startup to bring the Advanced Placement Program to India. She has been listed in Forbes India, W Woman Power, I presume W Power, Trailblazers list of 25 groundbreaking women achievers as a game changer and innovator who was shattering stereotypes and was also featured by Deacon Herald as uh, the 19th or maybe 2019 Changemakers to Watch Out For and 2019. Niha, welcome to our show today. Thank you, Dennis. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Hey, um, look, I've given a quick introduction about you. Tell us a little bit more about your background. Sure. Uh, Dennis, as you might have noticed in my introduction also, I feel that you know my background is a medley of my education, work experience, and also my life experience. Yeah, sure. and I think... That's something very unique of women's careers in which um, there's a lot that we gain from not just where we've studied and where we've worked, but also the different life stages that we go through. So, awesome. I mean, as you, as you introduced, you know, I mean, going to Wharton, studying finance and marketing there was extremely valuable. And then, of course, that seeded the thought of social entrepreneurship, which is what brought me to Paragon to bring the advanced placement program to India. But when marriage moved me from Bangalore, from Mumbai to Bangalore, I had to reinvent my career. And I actually joined my husband's family business, which was in pharmaceutical manufacturing, completely different from what I'd done earlier. Wow. And when I, once I dug my heels into pharmaceutical manufacturing, thought I'd never stop doing that. That's when my firstborn came along and again, rocked my world uh, completely. 
And then I took a three and a half year break in my career to become a full-time mom. And frankly, the kind of life experience skills that I gained during those three and a half years of being a full-time mom is what has helped me so much in my current role today as the CEO and founder of Jobs for Her. Wow. There are so many um, women who have gone and, and had children and then trying to get back into the workforce. Um, I, I know a lot of them struggle at times and that, so um, it's great that you've, you've put this in place and to help them out, which is fantastic. Thank so- you. Yeah, because I think actually, frankly, I'm not really just helping women out. I'm actually, I look at it as women helping our economies and our societies and our families out. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. And, you know, um, I've been to Bangalore a couple of times and people say to me, oh, where are you from when I'm uh, traveling the world, right? And if I'm in a, in a place where I know I've got people who I'm meeting for the first time from India, I always say to them, oh, I'm from Karnataka. And they look at me and they go, huh? And I go, yeah, I'm from Karnataka. And they're like, how can that be? Because the fact that I don't talk about Bangalore, and of course, the area is called Karnataka, and um, everyone would, you know, most non-Indians would say Bangalore and so forth, but I used a different name, and it just throws them. But um, my time in Bangalore was fantastic. The people in India are just beautiful people, great to be around, and uh, it's really Thank great. Thank you. I'm glad to hear you had a positive experience. Yeah. Hey, Nika, how did you get into leadership? Well, frankly, I was just, I mean, I stumbled into it. Yeah. Um, I had just decided when I took a break in my career and I decided to come back to work, for me, it was easy to get back to work. Yeah. Because I had a family business that I could jump back into. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I um, twisted my husband into giving my job, giving me my job back. (laughs) And I did that for another year. Uh, And that's how I restarted my career. And frankly, that year was such an eye-opening experience for me because I realized that restarting my career was one of the most positive things that happened, not just to me, but also to my kids, my husband, my family, and the company. Then I started questioning all the women around me on why they weren't getting back to work. Uh And frankly, when I discovered all the challenges that lie in a woman restarting her career, I just decided that, you know what, somebody has to make this change. And why should that somebody not be me? And that's when I decided to found jobs for her. So, um, the getting into leadership was just a way for me to solve this problem that I feel needed to be solved. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good. And so with leadership, I mean, it's, it's great to see you doing that. And I wonder, how's your husband's arm? Is it okay now after twisting it so much? To, to... <laughs> you know, it gets twisted now on a daily basis after being you know, married to the founder of Jobs for Her. So, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, good. So here's a question for you. And, and it's, who is your favorite leader? Now, this person could be alive or it could be from history. So who's your favorite leader and why? Actually, my favorite leader is Sheryl Sandberg. Uh, in fact, she's one of the reasons why I got inspired to start Jobs for Her even. You know, during when I was on a break, I read Lean In. And of course, I saw her TED Talk, and then I read her book. And frankly, that's when, I mean, what really struck me about Sheryl was uh, her courage to be so authentic. Yeah, and her courage to talk about all the problems, all the challenges, all her fears that she faces as opposed to try to cover it all up and make it seem that, you know, everything is hunky-dory and everything is so simple. Because then when others read that, you realize that, oh my God, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Because if the CEO of Facebook can have these fears and figure out how to overcome them, then you know what? So can I. And so can so many other women in the world. 
Yeah, I, I think that's beautiful because the thing is is that she's showing her vulnerability side of things and and being open there. And I think that's really important for leaders today that we need to be vulnerable. And I think it's a strength that uh, people are showing that they are vulnerable because as you said there, so many people can relate to it. And it also, it more just takes the mask away from that big leader type person to somebody who's human, someone who's like me, someone who's going through the same things as me, as you say, right? So that's that's great. And it's also like a reality check, right? It also makes you realize. Yeah. Otherwise, you feel that, you know, when you're going through all these challenges, you feel like, oh, my God. Like, you know, the others didn't talk about the challenges. It seems so easy. Like, how is it so difficult? So it's yeah, important no. for people to realize that it is difficult. Nobody's saying this is easy. It's difficult, but it's worth it. Okay, awesome. It is difficult. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Very good. Hey, tell me. So the show here is called Leadership is Changing. Now, when I say that statement to you, what does that mean for you? For me, frankly, leadership exchanging means that we're going to have more and more women leaders in the times to come. And just by having more and more women leading companies, leading governments, leading institutions, you're going to see a huge change in just leadership skills, leadership capabilities, because there are a lot of diverse capabilities and skills that women bring to the table. And I don't want to, uh, you know, get into gender stereotyping here because there are enough men also who bring a lot of uh, those leadership skills. But overall, you will see women bringing in in a huge amount of empathy to their leadership skills. They will bring in a lot of strong communication. They will bring in a lot of multitasking, a lot of getting people together together to come to a collective decision-making versus, you know, autocracy. Um, And I feel like a lot of the uh, handling of the COVID pandemic, also you can see the kind of female leadership versus Mm -hmm. the male leadership and handling these at a country level. And I think that's what you will see as time comes, comes along. It almost sounds like you're talking about there's going to be a little bit more collaborative type of leadership, and um, but also bring in multiple skills, multiple talent, multiple things will be uh, approached at the same time. But I think you're right. I mean, it's it's really good to see. And, I, and I've, I've had many uh, female leaders over my career. And to be honest, I've thoroughly enjoyed them. Uh, I think it's been uh, wonderful to be able to report into or have my boss and their boss and so forth as, as, as a female Great. I mean, it's just a totally different experience from a male leader. But at the end of the day, a leader is a leader, right? And it really comes down to what they can do for the organization and lead. And, and, it's, and it's been great. And you can tell whether it's male or female, those leaders who have been inspiring. And then there's those leaders who have been the diminishers, if I can put it that way. We're holding people back. And so, um, yeah, so wonderful to, to hear what you say about it, that you think leadership is changing going forward. You're going to see more females into leadership roles going forward. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's go and talk about your business or your industry. How, how has your business or industry changed and what demand has that put on you or your team? So I think the COVID pandemic has created a lot of change in the space of women participation in the workplace. Sure. Yeah. On one hand, there has been a lot of negative impact because women are now faced more than ever with the double work syndrome. Yeah, because now with everybody working from home, even the boundaries that you had between work, family and home have been completely eradicated. Yeah. And when the woman is working from home, everyone around her expects her to be managing all the home and family responsibilities while she's got to do all her job responsibilities. And yeah. that's been even tougher uh, and negatively impacted them. Yeah? yeah. But we've also seen a lot of positive trends happening, which is actually 
going to show going to finally get us to increase women participation in the workplace and a big one amongst these is the whole move towards work from home mm. uh, companies are finally realizing that hey by letting their employees work remotely it actually can increase productivity levels uh, it can increase efficiency levels employee sure. satisfaction and while reducing costs now many companies are looking at carving out particular roles which are permanently going to be work from home roles and that will create huge opportunities for women especially in smaller towns and cities where they don't didn't have so many opportunities earlier yeah a second big push that is happening is towards digitization so sure. it's becoming extremely important for men and women to really upskill themselves no matter which area of expertise they're in right i mean look at this we are doing this online podcast now previously we couldn't have thought about us meeting up like this in an online forum you know separated by so many oceans and this is the kind of upskilling that is required for us to get updated in the latest trends and technologies and for that you know women historically have had a very low participation in the technology industry and we're going to be extremely cognizant about it and provide those kind of skilling opportunities to them yeah great i think as you're saying what i'm hearing is that it's really opening up the market to so many more people to allow them to work as well from home and uh, the digital side as you're saying it's wonderful too i mean i don't know about you but i i mean i can swim but i mean i don't can't swim that far and so you're right this whole digital space technology today is totally changing our industries our businesses and allowing us to have more of a global reach i think than than we actually had before absolutely yeah. if there was one thing you could change and business as a leader today what would that be i think what i would really uh, like to see change is much more open and clear communication right. yeah uh, leaders still feel the need to window dress um, you know any shortcomings any failures they still need to uh, they still feel the need to show their pretty side to the world and to their employees and i think it's extremely important that we are more honest and frank not just about our successes but really about our failures yes because that's when true learning happens yeah cool cool yeah great so oh wow i'm taking notes here it's fantastic so the thing here is open and clear communication and it's more or less about being authentic and transparent as we as you as you're saying there and i think the thing is there's no need to dress things up just it is what it is but our failures are where our learnings come from which i think is powerful for learnings exactly. as well yeah yeah good tell me employees expectations how have they changed their expectations of leaders how have they changed well i think uh, employees expect the leaders to first of all understand the challenges that they're going through right. yeah i mean for example at jobs for her 85% of my team comprise of women and most of these women are mothers now in a uh, situation like this where the cases in india are rising on a daily basis pretty much everybody in my team is either you know helping out with a sick relative or uh, with somebody sick in their communities or being sick themselves right and that, that's very very difficult to manage and deal with all in a small startup where each person's participation matters so much and frankly the kind of ownership that i have seen towards them driving their goals through all these these crises is incredible and i feel that uh, employees want to know first of all they they expect their leaders to trust them yep. um especially during this work from home situation 
you know a lot of managers are used to having their employees under the noses and only then they feel like they're working <laughs> yeah yep. suddenly you don't know whether that uh, employee is actually uh, on her laptop or is cooking or is you know a sunbathing you're going to have to trust them that they know what they need to do and they will figure out how to do it so there'll be enough employees of mine that during their day they are you know taking care of their kids online school <laughs> and then once online school is over they're putting in the hours required to make sure they achieve their goals yep uh, so i think trust is extremely important the second important thing is empathy for their uh, bosses to have the sensitivity and understanding that look i mean people have other lives also there's a lot going on in their lives besides for work and if they if there are things going wrong in their personal and family lives it will affect their work life Yeah. So it's important that they actually get this time and space to fix whatever's wrong in their personal and, and family lives. And the third thing, of course, is to be able to drive that kind of ownership, which is that for them to feel like they are—they are not just a small cog in the wheel, but they are a big contributor to that company's goals and vision. So that and and they have a big say in how to achieve that goal and vision. only then can they get true ownership on what they're doing and drive towards the achievement of those goals yep excellent three things trust empathy and to and ownership and being able to drive that ownership as well i think is really really important there as what uh, niha bagaria is sharing with us she is the ceo of jobs for her a huge organization and helping impacting a lot of women uh, especially in uh, india which is fantastic and um so here's another question for you and that is what makes a leader successful today in this fast paced ever changing world i think uh, i i mean the, the key words are what you said which is a fast changing world mm. yeah a leader needs to constantly be ahead of that change instead of being dragged behind it <laughs> uh yeah and for example today's uh, a remote working situation has clearly shown that yeah i mean we've been talking about remote working for many years now sure everybody knew this was the future of work but there were so many leaders who fought it who resisted it you know who didn't believe in it and then suddenly covid forced them to figure out how they would manage yeah and if you see uh, the difference between companies which already had systems and processes in place to be able to manage remote work versus companies that were completely taken by shock i mean so companies that were ready didn't lose any time you know it was business as usual from the first monday morning of remote working and this is what i mean by being ahead of that change when you know that things are moving in a particular direction instead of fighting that change be the one leading it even today if you see the some of the large companies that are ahead of that change like google twitter even in india we have a large indian company called the rpg group which is a conglomerate and has interest in from you know manufacturing to technology they just announced that they will allow their employees to permanently work from home and this is an, a company of 30000 employees wow it's unheard of in india but they are they are committed to driving change instead of being pushed into it yeah it's fantastic how those who were already ahead of that curve as you said were able to adapt quicker 
than those who weren't. And those who weren't were either going to be become irrelevant and be left behind, or they had to move very quickly to make things. And, you know, it's never perfect, and they will still learn from it, as they say. And as you said before, if you make mistakes, that's where we can turn them into learnings for sure. So it'd be really interesting to see that. But the thing I really liked about what you said was, if you uh, be the one leading it, be the one in front, be the one that's actually making it happen, which I think is really, really quite cool to... And the to same thing is true about the entire digitization that you're seeing. Yeah, there was a fantastic forward doing the rounds uh, during COVID and it said that, you know, uh, what led digitization in your company? Was it the CEO? Was it the CTO? Or was it COVID-19? <laughs> and in most cases, most companies realize the need and the importance to of technology only when they were forced to realize it when COVID-19 hit. Versus if you see the valuations, the, the biggest valuations of companies today are those that have been leading the charge with technology. Yeah. So I feel that this should be a great learning for leaders to realize that they need to be constantly ahead of the game. See what change is coming, say yep. five years from today and start preparing for that today. Okay, cool. So whatever's going to happen in five years' time, prepare for it today. And that's a great segue into my next question for you. And that is, if I was to get you to get your crystal ball out or start thinking about the next five years, where do you see leadership in five years from now? I think one big change that will happen in leadership uh, over the years is that it will become far more inclusive. Today, if you really think about it, the workplace, because the average working person in a workplace is male, the workplace is built by men, for men, of men. Yeah. So there's a, I mean, if you like your typical workplace rules, cultures, policies, networking, everything is built around the lives of men. And we expect that, you know, women will kind of fold into the fray and move forward. But if we really, as leaders, if we want both our male and female employees to be equal contributors to the workplace, we're going to have to make our leadership much more inclusive. And mm. in order to do that, it's not about having equality in the workplace. It's about having equity in the workplace. It's to recognize that the needs of men and women are different. And to come up with those kind of policies and programs that take care of those diverse needs and requirements. For example, there's a company in India called Zomato, which is an Indian uh, food tech startup. And they just announced, they're one of the first Indian companies to announce that they're going to have period leaves for women, for their women employees. And it was unheard of in India. Yeah, especially in a country where menstruation itself is such a taboo topic. But the CEO of Zomato put out a long article on this, a memo to all his employees. And he talked about inclusive leadership wow. and how he wants to make sure that his women employees are as productive as his male employees. And they, are, they never feel that they are catching up or they are left behind in the race. Fantastic. So it's not just going to happen in the next five years, but it's actually already happening for a lot about what you're saying right now, which is brilliant to, to hear um, uh, it actually happening, which is great. But it sounds like from your perspective, there's going to be a lot more whereby inclusive leadership, recognition of the needs for both men and women, and that there's going to be different needs and we need to help both of them to be more inclusive and there's some programs that need to help do that. So that's going to be wonderful to see indeed. Hey, um, I love the sharing as well. And I think the other thing that you shared a little bit earlier on as well was about the C-suite, which is the C-suite uh, of the, that's actually helped your digital transformation, the CEO, the CIO or COVID. They're all starting with C's, right? So that's pretty quite cool to, to hear as well. 
Neha, hey, look, thank you for joining us on, on today's show. If listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? Please ask them to feel free to email me. My email address is Neha, N-E-H-A, at jobsforher.com. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thoroughly enjoyed talking with you and uh, looking forward to seeing that five years of the leadership side pan out, which would be great. Wonderful. Thank you. It was really lovely being here. Great. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the um, episodes as they're being uh, released. Download them. Uh, please listen to them, put a review and a rating, and feel free to share them with your network. Hey, listeners, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me on the show, or if there's a question you'd like me to ask my guests on a weekly basis, or ask me in the Ask Dennis episode, which is a freestyle episode that happens once a week, feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. The other thing, too, is that I remind you that we've got the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing. Feel free to join that. Other than that, uh, listeners, hey, thanks for joining us on the show today. And we'll talk again soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 